The best thing about the new $1 sausage and cheese muffin at Tim Hortons is the savory sausage. Ooh, and the cheese. Oh, and the toasty English muffin. Those are the three best things about it. Oh, and that it's prepared to order. You order one and they prepare it for you. That's the single best thing about it. And that it's a dollar. Grab a savory sausage and cheese English muffin breakfast sandwich at Tim Hortons right now for just a dollar. Great quality at a great value. It's all good at Tim Hortons. One dollar sausage and cheese English muffin sandwich. No substitutions. Limited time only. Participation varies. Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82. A Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, hello, everyone. This is Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. Last week, I spoke about a very, and I mean very important topic, and I'm going to go over again briefly what the spirit of error is, because it's going to lead to what we all should desire to want from God, but we didn't what I mean is that we didn't inherit it from God. It came from the devil. And a very important scripture to understand this fact is Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And please, whenever you listen to me, get your Bible out and follow along with me. And this teaching will be in the archives. So uh, if you, you can't follow me, if I'm quoting these scriptures too quickly for you, then you can simply uh, re-listen to it, stop it, and then write the scripture down and so forth. So it's important for you to jot these scriptures down because a true teacher, that's what they do. They use the Bible and they quote from the scriptures, orientate you toward understanding the Bible and what it says. That's what a true teacher should do. Uh, okay, so let's go to... Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. Many people assume because things are old, that is, that is right. Not necessarily. That's the way it should be, but not in the devil's case. He's very old, right? And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called Hasatan of the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. And, and last week we learned that, that deception could be fraud. It can be confusion. It's negative. Whatever it is, it's negative. And that is not God's spirit, ladies and gentlemen. God's spirit is not all over the world right now. 
there's another spirit that's all over the world, as we're going to find out today as I continue this. But the solution is to desire the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is more powerful than the spirit of error. Because the spirit of truth, as you're going to find out today, comes from yod heh or God himself. Okay, so it says that this devil and his spirit deceives the whole world. And one of these days he will be cast out into the earth and his angels will be cast out with him. That has not happened yet, but it will. Now, what is this? I didn't cover this last week because... It's only so much I can talk about. The Bible is like an over what twenty five hundred page book, and so there's so many things to talk about, and I have to include other things in in different programs like this one. Then perhaps I'll forget or uh, not include some other scriptures that I'll include in the next program. That's just the way it is. So anyway, Job chapter two, Job chapter two. This is what the devil does. This is, uh, this is revealed in the second, actually the first chapter of Job, but also the second chapter of Job 2. Job 2, verse 2, And the master said unto Hasatan of the devil, the adversary, From whence do you, where are you coming from? And the devil answered the master and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And so that's what he does. He, in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, First Peter 5, verse 8, the scripture says, be sober, be vigilant. That's the reason why in Luke chapter 21, verse uh, 36, he says to watch. This is a part of watching is to understand um, the, the enemy of mankind and his devices. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, as a, not, not a calm lion, a roaring lion. Walks about seeking whom he devours. So he's he's going across the earth looking, who, who can I kill next? Who can I go off straight next? That, that's what he does for a living. That's what he does for a living. That is his, uh, that is his uh, purpose. That is his purpose. And he wants you to be like him. Just like the recent Florida shooting. There's no doubt that that young man was possessed by a demon or demons to do something like that. And so it, when school shootings happen like that, of course, we are skeptical in this country about the reality of God. We say we believe in God, but yet we don't read his word like we should. And uh, there's plenty, there's some studies on the internet to prove that. But we don't, what we really, we joke about the devil. We think that he's this red looking, uh, character with the tail and so forth and with, with horns coming out of his head and, and so forth. And we joke about him and he loves it that way. He loves the fact that you don't take him seriously, but you're going to have to start doing it folks because he's going to be causing a lot of trouble here and in the, in the years ahead. Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse one. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you have he quickened. And whenever you see the word quickened, that means we receive the Holy Spirit, or you will receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So all of mankind, just like my program at the beginning, it states, or the audio version of Psalm 82 at the beginning of my program, 
states that the majority of mankind, they walk in darkness. They walk, not, not the fact that they're going to stay there because God is going to resurrect everyone and give everyone an opportunity uh, for salvation. But the present state of most people is they don't have God's spirit. They have the devil's spirit, and that spirit is the spirit of death. It's not the spirit of life. And he states here in John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Let me repeat that two more times. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Again, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So out of Messiah's own mouth, he states that the majority of mankind cannot receive the Holy Spirit. And, of course, you're wondering why. Well, I'm going to answer that question today. And so let me complete it. John 14, verse 17 in the King James Version. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. That's why. You have to have a desire to know God. And knowing God means you want to keep his commandments to receive the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. I get people telling me in the Hebrew Roots Movement, that it's okay to accept Sunday preachers. Well, a Sunday preacher does not keep all the commandments, doesn't have a desire to keep all the commandments because they keep in Sunday. And they're eating unclean meats, which they think that Yeshua did away with, and he did not. Uh, so they're taught lies about keeping. And if you have the spirit of truth in you, how can you live a lie? Because the spirit of error is the spirit of confusion, the spirit of lies. Uh, just listen to my program about the spirit of error. I go into detail about what it is. And so he says the world cannot receive it, the majority can't, because it sees him not, neither knows him. And let me explain that in First John chapter 2. How do you know God? How do we get to know God? Well, Let's find out. First John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I, uh, to you that you sin not. And if, you, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Yeshua Messiah, the righteous. God does not want us to sin. And through the, the Holy Spirit, it's possible not to hardly sin at all. And so it's very possible to get to that point. But it, it only can be done through his spirit of truth. Verse 2. And he is the covering or propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And it's 1 John 2, verse 2. 1 John 2, verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If you want to just keep one commandment and, and forget about the other, you don't know him completely. And Acts 5, verse 32 says that you have to obey him. And, you, and, and that's certainly a sense of obeying him fully. To receive, to receive the Holy Spirit. And please remember this scripture in Numbers chapter for people that try to challenge you and say, hey, uh, how come we can't accept Sunday preachers? Now, you, you, mean, I, you know, I love and God loves Sunday preachers, but they are worshiping God on the wrong day or they're, or they're gathering together on the wrong day. The day that God has assigned for people to assemble and worship him during the week is the Shabbat. That is the day where we rest, 
and it's also a commanded assembly. Not that you can't assemble on any other day, but this is one day that he has just strictly commanded us to assemble. And ever since Ignatius uh, in, the, in the second century, and look him up, Ignatius and Wikipedia, find out for yourself. He started with all this anti-Semitism, uh, those Jewish feasts, the Jewish Sabbath, and so forth. And that is what, what has led, and of course, with Constantine and all that. In the fourth century, that solidified it. And that's, we, we, we have been going off the wrong track uh, as far as Protestants and Catholics and other people that, that claim that they believe in Yeshua. Yeah, they believe in Jesus, but it's another Jesus. It's a Jesus that kept the, the, the law or the Torah so you don't have to. And that's, that's, a, that's a false Jesus that they are worshiping. And so that's what you have to understand. That's, that's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And so in verse 4 of 1 John chapter 2, he that says, I know him and keep of not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. And so if the truth is not in this individual, what do you think is in them? The spirit of air. The spirit of air. Verse 5, but whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God. And, and Yeshua stated in Matthew 4, verse 4, that we must live by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. And this was in the context of being tempted by the devil. And then in Deuteronomy 8, verse 1, that's where he got that you must live by every word of God from. He referred to a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, it says all the commandments, not some of them which I commanded this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land which the master swore unto your fathers. Verse 2, and you shall remember all the way which the master that God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether you would keep his commandments, and that means all of them, the ones he can keep. And verse 3, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which you knew not, neither did your fathers know that he might make thee know or influence you to know. Uh, that means yada in Hebrew. And, and a verb means to know, to learn, to perceive, to discern, to experience, to confess, to consider, uh, to know people relationally, to know how to be skillful, etc. To know. So that's what that means. That man does not live by bread alone. Of course, we have to live by food, but we just don't live by food. More importantly, we live by God's words, which are spirit. John 6, verse 63, they are life and they are spirit. The entire words in the Bible, the ones that were translated correctly, <laughs> which are most, uh, are inspired by God. Okay? And but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the master does man live. And so don't let anyone tell you when... when, when uh, you see that you must keep the commandments. It's not talking about Yeshua's commandments only. It's talking about the commandments that God gave him because Yeshua did nothing that uh, on his own accord. He said that. He spoke the Father's words. And people don't understand that. Um, I love this scripture here in John 5, verse 46 to 47. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? So for someone to say the law is done away with, then you don't uh, believe Moses. And he's telling you that if you don't believe Moses, how can you accurately understand him? That's what he's saying. That's a powerful scripture. You got to know your Bible. You got to know your Bible. And if you don't know your Bible, 
the devil can trick you, trick you, trick you. That's what Yeshua did. The way to, to beat the devil, to overcome the devil. His kryptonite is the Bible. If you know those, those scriptures, like, like you know your, your body, or like you know your favorite football team or whatever, you will be able to beat the devil every single time. That's his kryptonite. Because that's what uh, Jesus or Yeshua did. He didn't fight him literally. He fought him with the word of God. Because the devil twists the scriptures, but he knew the scriptures well enough to understand what, how he was twisting those scriptures. Just like he was saying you know, like in Psalm 91, it says, hey, if you throw yourself, uh, God will, will um, prevent you from falling. Okay, and the devil, he twisted that scripture. He said, why don't you toss yourself? It didn't say, it didn't say to toss yourself. But that just gives you an example of how the devil influences people to twist scriptures. Uh, in 12, John 12, verse 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So that's a very powerful scripture to use. What he's telling us is that everything that came out of his mouth was what his father told him to say. And so let me give you an example. When he says, keep my commandments. He's saying, keep the Father's commandments. They are one. They are unified. John 10 verse 30 says, me and my Father are one. And so when he says, keep my commandments, he's talking about all the commandments of the Bible, not just some of them. Verse 50, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So I speak. And I do quote that because you have some people in the Hebrew Roots Movement, uh, for those who are listening to me for the first time, the Hebrew Roots Movement is, is understanding that Yeshua is a Jew and uh, we need to, to put um, Jewish glasses on <laughs> to be able to see things the way he would see them because he has a Jewish mind and we need to understand the Jewish people to get a full, complete understanding of the Bible. All right. So that is what the Hebrew Roots Movement is all about. But unfortunately, some people are just going so much into it into Judaism that they forget that Yeshua is the Messiah and that he's Yodevahe, that he's uh, Yodevahe, uh, or God the Son, and they start to deny that, and they start to not believe that the New Testament is scripture. All right, and that's something that is an issue. And when you don't start believing that, then you don't understand the complete story of the Bible. You don't understand the complete doctrines of the Bible. You don't. It's impossible to do so. And so in Ephesians 2, verse 2, I think I read that to you. I'm going to read that to you again. Ephesians 2, verse 2 is very important for you to understand. Where in time past, and, you know, that was me. In the past, yes, I was under the sway of the devil and didn't know it. But I don't walk that way anymore. I don't walk according to the course of this world but most people do, and they don't even know it. They don't even know that they are being influenced in a negative way by an evil spirit or spirits. Where in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the atmosphere. His spirit is in the atmosphere. It's like radio waves, basically. <laughs> and we are all in tune to those radio waves, naturally. That the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Again, if you're not keeping all the commandments to the best of your ability, you are considered that one of the children of disobedience, whether you, you realize what you're doing or not. Um, 
Although those who don't know what they're doing, they're certainly going to be given a chance. So that's the good news. Verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation, including myself. We all were, were uh, wrapped up in that stuff, with the exception of uh, Jeremiah, uh, John the Baptist, and, and Yeshua, Jesus, because they all were born with the Holy Spirit in them, according to the Bible. So in verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature. So we're by nature the children of wrath. By nature, we are born and doomed for destruction if we don't repent. Okay, and the good news is that the majority of mankind will repent. So he says, by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is a scripture that you need to meditate on and understand. Yeah, I mean, there's people that think that babies can get baptized and receive the spirit. No, I mean, we, we are, when we're born, we were, we're born with the inclination to do wickedness. And I proved that to you last week. And the only way to get that out is when God calls us to his truth. And if you guys have listened to this program up to this point, you're being certainly called uh, to understand his truth. For those who've already jumped off, then you're not. <laughs> so, and so this is not the time to, to save all of humanity at this point, but there, there will be a time in the future. And if you didn't understand what I just said there, you want to understand, please get my book that I wrote that will explain this. It's called How God Calls You to Keep His Instructions, Torah. Simply go to the website or landing page I designed for this, www.howgodcalls.com, www.howgodcalls, with an S at the end, dot com. There's no gimmick. Uh, the ebook is totally free. And uh, go ahead and put your email in there, and then you'll be on my newsletter list as well. And so I hope you're understanding what I'm telling you here about the spirit of air. And all of us have had that spirit of error, and that spirit of error has worked with us to cause us to sin and to do wicked things, ladies and gentlemen. So here's another scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 17 and 19. This I say, therefore, and testify in the master that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles. And in this context, Gentiles are those who aren't keeping Torah. They're not keeping the complete Torah. They may keep some of it, but. That's not good enough in God's eyes. We have to want to keep all of it to be acceptable before God. Uh, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance. You see, that, that's, that's the state of most people in the world. I didn't quote that scripture last week, but it's a very vital scripture here. Please jot this down and meditate on this and study it. Ephesians 4, verse 17 and 19. I'm going to read this slowly so you understand. Therefore, I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other unbelievers or Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. So most people in the world are walking in their vanity. Vanity simply means uh, worthlessness. That's how God sees the majority of mankind, folks. I mean, he knows that we have worth, but right now we're walking in a way that has no worth. And, you know, and he's going to, he's going to, he has a, he has a salvation plan for that, too. But right now, this program 
that God has inspired is for people who he's calling and choosing to become his wife. Most people are not going to understand what I'm saying on this program, and most people will reject the message. But this message is for people who he is calling uh, over the Internet to become his bride. That's what this message is for. And so in Ephesians 4, verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the master that you henceforth walk not as the other Gentiles or unbelievers walk in the vanity of their mind, worthlessness of their minds. Verse 18, having the their understanding, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. What is the life of God? The life of God is his spirit. The majority of mankind are alienated from the life of God. And why? Because of ignorance, through the ignorance that is in them. That ignorance is not the spirit of truth. It is the spirit of error. Because of the blindness of their mind, verse 19, who being past feeling has given themselves over to lasciviousness. What does that word mean? It means license to do wickedness, sexual excess, insatiable desire for pleasure. Insatiable means you can't stop. You just want to have fun, 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 and, and that's, that's the majority of mankind. I want to have fun. I want to have fun. And when you don't, you cry like a baby. You say, where's the fun? I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's when you have that spirit of error. You just want to have fun. You're just seeking to please yourself. Excessive pleasure. That's what that is. And if you are like that, you certainly, well, the majority of people have, but you have a greater portion of the spirit of error. If you just want, your whole life is about pleasing yourself. You know, that's not what that's not what life's supposed to be about, just pleasing yourself. Ephesians 4, verse 19, who being past feeling has given themselves over the lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay? So when you are greedy, what does that mean? You want more, 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 more. That's all you want. More, more, more. You don't want to stop. And that's when you can tell that you have the wrong spirit in you as well. And so this is a very important scripture to understand what I'm talking about here. And then 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, the devil, what he does, ladies and gentlemen, he blinds you. He has enough power as in whom the God of this world. Okay, wait a minute. Let me. Let me uh, quote 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our good news of Passar, in Hebrew, be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The majority of mankind are living the way of being lost. The good news is that all of them won't be. But they are living that lifestyle right now. I did. I lived that lifestyle. Until God had mercy on me and woke me up and called me and I, and I answered the call. Many people don't. And those people will be given a chance in the future. But um, and, and I, that book explains it. Go to, go to HowGodCalls.com and download that book. Put your email address in there and your name, and you'll be able to receive the book. And so 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And what does that Greek word mean? It means lost to, oh, man, it means to be destroyed. So... Living the devil's way of life, if you have that spirit of error in you, this should be a cause of concern. Having that spirit of error is you will be guaranteed to be destroyed if 
that spirit of error is still in you. Okay? Uh, you can't have the spirit of error and become immortal. It has to leave your body. And so in verse 4 of Second Corinthians chapter 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So he has the ability through his unholy spirit to blind your mind of what I'm talking to you about today. Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower, explains that process of most of humanity just won't get it. They're called, but they just don't get it. You know, I'm talking about a good bulk of humanity is called to understand the Yeshua, the Messiah. What the bulk of humanity don't understand is that the Messiah requires for you to obey his father's commandments, just like he did. And they don't understand the scripture in John 14 I hardly ever hear this script uh, quoted by anybody because we have an attitude of not wanting to obey him. Uh, John 14, verse 15, if you love me, Ahava in Hebrew, keep my commandments. And it's not really his commandments, it's his father's commandments. Well, he said, well, everything that the father has is mine, so it's his commandments too. But it originated from the father. The father is the ultimate boss. And he rules over the son, like any other father does. Okay, so it, that is the issue here Obedience Obedience and the lack of it And so getting back to the devil Second Corinthians 4 verse 4 So he's the one that blinds people's minds That the light of the glory is, What is the light? The light certainly is Messiah The light of the glorious gospel of Messiah Who is the image of God Should shine upon them Okay And so Here's another scripture to understand, too. Whenever there's any wickedness, realize this. Finally, brethren, Ephesians 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so when we're experiencing wickedness from a human being, don't look at the human being. You've got to have the spiritual insight to look past that human being and realize you're not fighting a human being. You're fighting the rulers of the doctrines of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it talks about having the armor of God. So you can, and it talks about that. Maybe I'll give a Bible study on that in the future. But through the armor of God, you'll be able to overcome the devil. Okay. And I can just read to you what it, it consists of here. Verse 13, wherefore take unto the whole armor, not, not the, uh, the partial armor of God, but the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth. We're going to talk about that today. What is truth? What is truth? If you don't have your belt girded with, you're not going to be able to do anything else. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is keeping simply keeping his commandments. Psalm 119, 172, uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 25. And this shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the master our God as he has commanded us. I've had some people challenge me. Righteousness is not keeping the commandments. Yes, it is. Blow the dust off your Bible and get the wickedness out of your mind and accept that. 
that that's what that's what I would tell that person or any, anybody that believes that. Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. It says, put on a whole armor of God in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 6, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all the sins. And then verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth. So it starts out with the truth, because that's the foundation of, of, your, of your armor. The truth is in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 151, it says the truth is all of his commandments. And then in, in verse 142 of Psalm 119, it says that the truth is all of his instructions. And so that's what you have to focus on. You have to focus on those two, on those two areas. And in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of shalom or peace. What is peace? Again, go back to Psalms again. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. It states plainly, Great shalom have they which love thy Torah, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. And so that is important. To understand that. You're on the air? Hi, how are you doing today? Okay, what's your name? My name is Jimmy. Jimmy Bullock. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? Uh, so I was, I want to I wanna say, I was in New York City yesterday and I did an act of kindness for Christians. I saw this Muslim praying and I kicked the shit out of him. Oh, gosh, you should have seen that Sam nigger laying around. Oh, my God, it was amazing. Okay, sir, um, I, I can't have any cursing on my program, so I um, wish you well. Sorry, I I apologize. Um, okay, okay. So how are you doing today? All right. Do you have any questions or you want to make a comment? Good. Um, I think um, President Trump and Mike Pence, could be the administration that either makes or breaks our country. I think we should ban gay marriage, abortions, and also trannies because we really, we really don't need them. Like, they're the scum of our country. Like I want to say scum. They're like the bottom barrel of our country. Would you agree? Well, as far as uh, the, the gay stuff and everything, yeah, that certainly is not scriptural, um, what's going on. And uh, we, we yeah, swear on Bibles and our court systems, and yet we don't live by what it says, you know, completely. So yeah, I, yeah, that's certainly, yeah. You know, Jesus said that we need to. We, Jesus said that we need to ban uh, gays are immoral. They're gonna they're gonna burn in hell, and we want to save them. Yeah, if they don't repent, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and he also said, and he also said that Jews are the devil. Well, the Jews yeah, are not. The I devil. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> not all. Um, you know, yeah, not everybody all, sins, most sir. of them, you know, Wall Street and um, Hollywood, you know, they're, they're the devil. Well, um, so, Hollywood is certainly uh, inspired by the devil. <laughs> but remember, now, we've all come short of the glory of God. That means me and you and everyone else. Only, only I just want to give a, sh- I just want to give out, uh, give a shout out to my boys in Ansonia, Connecticut. My brother, Jack Holland, um, who else? 
that. Um, also, um, yeah, that's it. But so, um, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing okay. And I have to get through with this program. So what I would suggest you do, if you're interested in, you know, what I say and what I preach, if you can go to my uh-huh. website, uh, how God oh, calls. Oh, God damn it. I just shit over my big black cock. I have to call you back. Okay, sir. Bye. All right, well, sorry about that. This is, <laughs> I guess God wanted to, to give an example of how perverted people can be. Uh, I, I don't know if that guy is mentally disturbed or whatever, but he sounds like it. So you, you need to pray for him. I think his name is Jimmy, so pray for Jimmy. But this is an example. Obviously, Yode Vahe wanted to give an example of how people are, all right? That individual certainly had the spirit of error in him. Um, talking like that, and, and that, that was very disrespectful to me and disrespectful to Yode Vade. And you see how I handled it, you know, uh, and that's the way God is. He's gentle to us, uh, but eventually he has to lower to him, you know, and I told him to go, and then he said something that certainly was inspired by the devil, and you can see how the devil was influencing him to say wicked things, and that's the way it is with most people in the world, unfortunately. Um, that person certainly did not have God's spirit in him acting like that. All right. So uh, that is what he wants to save us from. You know, I've cursed before. I've, I've done wicked things before. And I don't do those things now because I have God's true spirit in me. And so I, I really believe God had that person come on the, on the, on the program to show you, <laughs> to show you an example of how most people, are in one capacity. Some are worse than others, but we have this this wicked spirit of us that that is just inconsiderate of other people. And so that was. But be pray. Let's pray for Jimmy. Pray for him because he certainly needs your prayers. Acting like that. And so I wanted to cut him off sooner when he uh, cursed the first time, but you know I gave him another chance, and then here we go again. So. So I, I have to tell you this. There's no guarantee he <laughs> calls me that they're going to have their, their mind uh, acting right. So, But I apologize on his behalf. And you just, just pray for him. Just pray for him. All right. So I was um, talking about the spirit of truth before I got interrupted there. All right. And... It's important to understand the difference. I think you understand now. We had a personal example of someone with the spirit of error, <laughs> which are most people in one capacity. Some are more wicked than others. But that was some some really disturbing wickedness that we heard on the program today. But anyway, all right, so truth. Let's get to truth, all right? Let's get to sanity, all right? Because the spirit of truth is the spirit of sanity. And what I was trying to explain in Ephesians 6, verse 10, and we had a personal example of that uh, in the recent call, that we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it wasn't a man that I was fighting, it was the devil, because the devil does not want this truth to be revealed. And this program may go a little over because of that call, okay, because I, I want to get through with this study. So even though this study is for an hour, it's going to go past an hour. 
all right, because I really have to thoroughly explain what the difference between the spirit of error is and the spirit of truth. And it's funny that he got on the call when I started defining what truth was. See, the devil does not want you to know what truth is. So Psalm 119 verse 151 states that truth is keeping all of his commandments. And another thing, the Jews aren't the devil, all right? The Jews, like anyone else, they have to learn the true Messiah as well, all right? And our Messiah is a Jew. And for him to say the Jews are the devil, I guess he's calling the Messiah the devil too, right? Because he's a Jew, right? So that didn't make any sense. So I just want to clarify that as well. All right, so Psalm 119, verse 142, states plainly that all of his instructions is uh, the truth. Immuna, that, that is the Hebrew word for truth. And it means that you have to do something. You, you have to do something. Faith must have works or trust must have works. And Psalm 119 is a good psalm to read and inculcate in your being to understand what the truth is, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so John 18, verse 36 to 37, it states here, Yeshua answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, and see, we get people... Even in the Hebrew Roots movement, they preach, oh, the kingdom of God is already here. It's not. The kingdom of God is not here yet. If it was, we wouldn't have people like that acting like that, calling in, cursing, and saying wicked things. And if you did have somebody, they would be corrected immediately. And if they didn't repent, they would be uh, tossed in the lake of fire. All right? And so none of that's going to happen in God's kingdom. And so we know based on that, God's kingdom is not here yet. So Yeshua answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And it's still the same today, folks. Because in, let's go to Revelation, Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our master and of his Messiah. And so right there, the seventh trump, it's not talking about Donald Trump, but the seventh trump, when that sounds, that's when the kingdom of God literally will be here on the earth. The kingdom of God way of life, if you have the spirit of truth in you, and if you're using it, people will get a preview of what that life in the kingdom is like. But the kingdom of God literally is not here on the earth, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let anyone deceive you and tell you that. Because if it was, we would have worldwide peace. People wouldn't be suffering. People would have what they need. And that's what peace is. People have what they need. All right? And so getting back to John 18, verse 36 to 37, it says, Yeshua answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews or uh, the Yehuda. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto them, Art thou a king then? Yeshua answered, or Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. So he was born to be a king. And for this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. This guy that called in wasn't listening. He couldn't hear it. He's not of the truth. 
John 18, verse 36 to 37. John 18, verse 38. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? And this guy doesn't know what the truth is. And many people in the world don't. And when he had said this, he went out again into the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in him. John 14, verse 6. Yeshua said unto them, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This simply means that Yeshua is the epitome of what a human being should be. He is the halakha. That's what way means in Hebrew. He's the way, the truth, imuna, which has something to do with faith and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And this is one of the foundational things to understand when you're trying to uncover the truth. Yeshua is the man. He's the guy. There's no other. Okay? No other human being that you should follow unless that human being is following the guy. Yeshua. Just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Follow me because I follow Messiah. I say the same thing. Only follow me if I'm following the Messiah. If I'm not following the Messiah, don't follow me and don't follow anyone else. All right? And so, again, let's read this scripture again. John 14, verse 17. And even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, this guy that called, he can't receive it with that kind of attitude. He has to repent, cursing like he did and saying that the Jews are the devil. Because it see of him not, neither know of him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. There's a good bunch of people. I wouldn't say a good bunch, but a few people that have the spirit working with them. But it's not like having it inside of you and changing you. And that's what it was during the first century, because the spirit in John chapter seven, it states that the spirit wasn't given to them yet. It wasn't put inside of them yet. Now, the spirit was given to the prophets uh, in first Peter. But it wasn't available to everyone. Okay. And it certainly wasn't available because Yeshua is, has something to do with the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit proceeds from the Father and, and to the Son. And so it, it's their Spirit. They share it. And he, when he came to the earth, you know, because he was the Spirit and he had a lot to do with the Holy Spirit, because in Romans 8, verse 9, it talks about the Spirit of Messiah, then it says the Spirit of God. So they're synonymous with each other. And then in Galatians 2, verse 20, it says, uh, Christ lives in you. And then in Philippians, it talks about give you the supply of the spirit of Messiah. And then over here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, it says, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Messiah, which was in them. People, I've had someone tell me the spirit wasn't in the prophets. It was on top of them. No, uh, Peter says plainly here that the spirit was in them. Okay. The spirit of Messiah was in which was in them did signify before it testified beforehand the sufferings of Messiah. All right. So the spirit was given even back in Old Testament times. It's just that when Messiah came to the earth, for some reason or another, the spirit wasn't given. And I suspect it has something to do with the fact that he uh, had something to do with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is given in his name. That's what he states. And so, in John 16, verse 13, 
Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, not some truth, all of it, all the commandments. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. And so that spirit, if you have the true spirit of God in you and even working around you, will influence you to want to keep the commandments, all of them, not say, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I like this about the Bible, but I don't like keeping the Sabbath or, I, you know, I, I don't, I want to look at pornography or I want to curse or, you know, I want to do all these other things. You know, no, no. If you truly have the spirit of truth in you, then you're going to want to obey all the commandments. And then in, in James chapter two tells you this, James chapter two, James chapter two, verse eight. If you fulfill the royal Torah, the instructions according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Now, we're going to read them how you do complete that instruction. Because that's what keeping all the commandments should get us to do, care about people and love everyone. Verse 9, but if you have respect of persons, you commit sin, and you are convinced of the Torah as transgressors. And so in this context, it was talking about somebody is poor. And somebody is rich, and people were favoring the rich people over the poor person in the, in the, in the, in where they were um, congregating at, or when they were fellowshipping at. Verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole Torah, or all of his instructions, and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. And verse 11, for he that says, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if, you, if thou commit adultery, yet if thou kill, you are become a transgressor of the law. Verse 12, so speak ye and do so, as they that shall be judged by the Torah of liberty. And see, it's, it's the instructions of liberty because you will be liberated from the curses of disobeying it. <laughs> That's what makes you free. You're not free to do whatever you want. You're, when you obey those commandments, you're free from the curses of Torah. That's what you're free from. And so when you do have the spirit of truth in you and when you live the true way of life, then you're going to be sanctified and set apart from the world. And John 17, verse 17 states this, sanctify them or set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And then in 1 Peter 1, verse 22, it plainly states, seeing you have purified your souls. How do we purify ourselves? We purify ourselves in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And so, I'm still not done yet. I have about eight minutes left. And so let's get a little deeper into this. I want you to understand this. And please, if you love any of the people that you know and you think they're open-minded to understanding this, please pass this free teaching to them. Explain to them the benefits of the kingdom, the benefits you can receive now, uh, the benefits that you can receive in the future. If you want to know what those benefits in the future are, read Revelation 2 and 3, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. If you want to know what they are now, then look at, uh, read, study Matthew chapter 6 and also Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 28 to 29. Let me read this to you. Mark 10, verse 28. Then Kepha, uh, Peter, began to say unto them, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Verse 29, Yeshua answered and said, 
Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. He shall receive a hundredfold now. So you don't have to wait to receive the benefits of the kingdom, folks. <laughs> you can receive those now. In this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and, sisters, and children, and lands, with persecutions, though, is going to be difficult. We have to be a living sacrifice, as Romans 12 tells us. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. And in the world to come, eternal life. In verse 31, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. All right, so the truth is the Father's words. In John 17, verse 17, and in John 12, verse 49 to 50. Yeshua is the embodiment of truth. He's the embodiment of truth. John chapter 14, verse 6. 1 John 2, verse 6. We must follow his example. If you don't follow his example, I tell you on the authority of the Bible itself that you are not a believer. And some people, believe it or not, get angry at me when I say that. But, hey, you're getting angry at God because God has revealed this. All right. In verse John, 1 John 2, verse 4, plainly states, he that says, I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So if the truth is not in you, then you have the opposite spirit in you, the spirit of error. Verse 5 of 1 John 2, but whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. So you have to keep his word. You have to obey him to receive his spirit. And he says the love of God is perfected. So in 1 John 2, verse 5, for whosoever keepeth his word in him, in him, in his body, in him, verily is the love of God perfected or completed. And so that spirit in you, which part of the fruits of the spirit is ahava, or love, or keeping a commandment. Hereby know we that we are in him. If you keep his commandments, you know that you have his spirit, either working with you and, and and certainly, if it's working with you, it will be eventually in you. And in verse 6, he that says he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Even as he walked. We have to do the same thing. It doesn't mean if he was a carpenter, be a carpenter. It's talking about walk his way, his character, keeping the commandments. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's the walk it is talking about. Now, in terms of him being a carpenter, he worked. And so what does the Bible say? What is part of the Sabbath commandment? Part of the Sabbath commandment is work. Yeshua worked. And so we must work. The Father works. We must work. Because if you can't work, then you're not going to be able to properly rest. And Exodus chapter 20 tells us this. That's where the commandments are located at. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 8, remember the Shabbat, or the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, or kadosh. That's what it means in Hebrew. Verse 9, and that's the term in Hebrew. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. So part of the Sabbath command is working six days a week. Verse 10, but the Sabbath day is the Sabbath of the master thy God, and in it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant or maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Okay? And so it says in verse 11, for six days, the master made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the master blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. All right. So part of keeping Shabbat is to work and work hard, work hard. And then you will be rewarded 
rewarded with a hearty rest, with a, a rest that is pleasant and refreshing. That's the beauty of keeping the Sabbath day. And that's a future bro- program. I may call it the beauty of keeping the Shabbat day. It really is. It's a blessing to keep. Even doctors say that we should rest one day during the week. And so God has set it up even biologically that even doctors can tell that we must rest one day a week. All the commandments of God is the truth. First John five, verse three. First John five, verse three. First John five, verse three says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So the love of God is keeping his commandments. If we go back to first John two, it states here in verse 5, but whosoever keepeth his word in him is the love of God or keeping the commandments. That's the definition of uh, the love of God, right? In him is keeping the commandments perfected or completed. Hereby know we that we are in him. We are in him. Okay? And if we are in him, then he's in us. That's what uh, Yeshua stated in John chapter 17. I hope you're enjoying this Bible study. This is a lot of truth in this Bible study. And please share this study uh, study with other people. Um, I have a sincere desire to help you, to help you get away from that spirit of error, that spirit of Hasatan. And for you to do that, you have to respond to what I'm saying, which is not really me. It's God speaking through me through his words. And so you you need to, to understand that. And in John 17, verse 21, states plainly, they that they all may be one. So he desires us to all be a hod or one, one happy family. John 17, verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 22. And the glory which thou gave me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, and as thou, thou hast loved me. Okay, so this is the ultimate thing. And so let's understand that. And so I'm going to go off the air here for those who are still listening uh, to me and the rest of this program will be in the archives. will be in the archives, ladies and gentlemen. And then, um, again, I apologize for that guy <laughs> coming on the program. I had no clue that that was going to happen. But, uh, you know, it, when you're preaching the truth, uh, those kind of things happen and demons and devils let themselves know that they exist. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Okay, I'm in the recorded session of the program, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm just describing and going into a little detail of the spirit of truth and what it is. And uh, we need to understand that the, the, the spirit of truth is the spirit of the Father, and that spirit desires to dwell in each and every one of the human beings that he has created. But what we have to do, we have to make sure 
We have to make sure that we have the desire to want to obey him. That's what we have to do. We have to do that, and we have to make a commitment to want to obey him. And if you do that, then that spirit will dwell with you, his presence. That's the Holy Spirit. It's his presence will dwell with you, and you'll be able to overcome um, sin. And uh, you'll get to a point where you hardly ever sin at all. You know, so that that is something that um, is, is very possible. It's very possible for that to happen, ladies and gentlemen. So um, program, I'm hoping, should be a program that uh, will inspire you to want to live the true way of life and to inquire about it and to to get some deeper understanding of how to live that, that way of life. And the whole world, as I explained in the Spirit of Error Bible study, and feel free to listen to that, has been in a great deception for so, for so many years. So many years. And we have to accept that, and we have to realize that we all have to change. We all have to do teshuva. In other words, repent. We have to repent, and we have to um, realize that we have all lived the way of error, the way of death. Yodevahe, or Yahovah, or Yahweh, wants us to live his way of life, which provides us immortal or immortality and freedom, true freedom. And so in John 14, verse 21, he says, he that has my commandments, which is really his father's commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And in, in John 14, verse 23, Yeshua answered and said unto me, if a man love me, he will keep my words, all of them, not some of them, all right? And my father will love him. And he will come unto him and make our abode with him. In other words, their spirit, because it's both their spirit, it comes from the Father, okay? And, and, and it flows through Messiah, and it comes to us, all right? And he says in John 14, verse 22, Yeshua answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Does it say some of his words? No, it says all of his words. And my Father will love him. And we'll come unto him and we'll make our abode with him. So that is what we need to understand about this whole process. All right. So that this is very important. So the Holy Spirit in John 15, verse 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you, see, he sends the spirit. He gives the spirit. That's one of his responsibilities. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. So the the spirit comes from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father. He shall testify of me. And so that's what it is, because Yodhevahe, or God, is a spirit. And so God has a spirit, and his spirit, which is not a person, because the Holy Spirit does not have a throne in the the last chapter of the Bible says the throne of the Lamb and of God. So where's the Holy Spirit's throne? No. The, the Holy Spirit is God's presence. 
It's his power. Just like a human being has a spirit, God has a spirit. And his spirit, he uses his spirit to do his wonder works, to do his marvelous works. All right, so I hope you understand that. And so um, you should have a deeper understanding of what the spirit of truth is, ladies and gentlemen. And the spirit of truth consists of the Father, Yeshua, grace, wisdom, counsel, might, knowledge, fear, the master, Yah's instructions. Uh, Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 20. Matthew chapter 10, verse 20. It states, for it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Speaketh in you. Okay? And so God can speak through you through the spirit of the father. It's also the spirit of Messiah. Because uh, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Messiah. Messiah is Yodevahe. He's the son of Yodevahe. That's what makes him Yodevahe as well. And they share that spirit. They share that spirit. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Hebrews 10, verse 29. And this is the spirit of grace here. Because the spirit also consists of grace. Hebrew 10, verse 20, out of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall you be thought worthy who has trodden under the foot of the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant or the agreement where he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and has done despite unto the spirit of grace. Now I'm just quoting this to understand that the spirit also consists of the spirit of grace. Isaiah 11, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2. And the spirit of the master shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the master. Okay. And then Romans 8, verse 2 is an interesting scripture. Romans 8, verse 2. It says, for the, the law of the spirit. So the spirit also consists of the law or the Torah. Uh, a better translation of this, I'm going to read this in the complete Jewish Bible. Translation says, why? Because the Torah of the Spirit, which produces a life in union with Messiah, has set me free from the Torah of sin and death. So let's elaborate on this. The, the Spirit, the true Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. Because God is a Spirit, and John 4, verse 24 says that. He is a Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right? In Romans 8, verse 2, it says, why? Because the Torah of the Spirit, which produces this life in union with Messiah, has set me free from the Torah of sin and death. And so let's go over this. The spirit of truth consists of Torah. It is the spirit also of Torah. A Sunday worshiper does not have the spirit of Torah in them because they're not keeping the whole Torah. They don't have a desire to want to keep the entire Torah. So they cannot, it's impossible for them to have God's spirit in them. And I would say it's not really working with them unless they start to have that desire to want to obey all the commandments. The spirit of error, this should be simple for you to figure out. The spirit of error is the antithesis, the opposite of the spirit 
of truth. This is spirit. It has error in it. It has confusion. It has fraud. It has deception. There's all that. The spirit of error is certainly the spirit of anti-Messiah, the spirit of the devil, the prince of the power of the air, demons, the world's wicked ways, deception, rebellion, the Torah of sin and death. That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen, and you have to get away from that. You have to get away from it. You can't let emotionalism deceive you into thinking that you actually have the spirit of God working with you when you uh, associate yourself with Sunday worshipers and, and people that don't want to obey or don't have a desire to obey the instructions of God. We are commanded not to, to fellowship with them as friends. And of course, you have to work with them on your jobs, but outside of that, you cut yourselves off from that. You can't. And people say, well, that's not love. It is love. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and this is a difficult scripture for people who just want to accept everybody because they just believe that Jesus existed. And they believe that he died on the cross for their sins, and they, they believe that he's there. They believe that uh, Yeshua or Jesus is their savior, but yet they don't want to do what he says. You know, so he says, "You are my friends if you do what I tell you." Right? So anyway, and he told us, "If you love me, keep my commandments." You know, so in John six verse fourteen, and he didn't say some of them, all of them, just like he did. John Second uh, Corinthians six verse fourteen, and I read this in the King James version for clarity's sake. It says. Second Corinthians uh, chapter six refers to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Unrighteousness is not is having a desire not to want to keep your commandments. I already told you what righteousness is. If you need scriptural references for that, turn to Deuteronomy six verse twenty five and Psalm one nineteen verse one seventy two. Psalm one nineteen one seventy two. Deuteronomy six verse twenty five. Second uh, Corinthians six verse fourteen: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Or what communion has light with darkness? Light is people that have the desire to keep all of His commandments, not having the light. Darkness is people that don't. There's two Torahs. There's the Torah of what? The spirit. It's the Torah of life and the Torah of death. Most people are living the Torah of death. And they have the spirit of error in them, living that uh, Torah of death. Very few people, as Matthew 7, verse 14 states, very few people have the Torah of life in them, which is the spirit of truth. Verse 15, and what concord has Christ with Belial? And what part had he that believeth with an infidel? An infidel is somebody who doesn't believe fully. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. So if we are the temple of living God, who are mostly the rest of humanity? They're considered idols. As God has said, I will dwell in them. He's not going to dwell in us if we don't have a desire to want to keep his commandments. And I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You're not going to be his people if you don't have a desire to want to keep his commandments. I already proved that to you. Here's another scripture. Here's another scripture to prove that to you. Also, the truth is the, actually the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and First John, oh, uh, hold your place. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. But I'm going to, it's another scripture that I have to quote that's very important. First John, chapter 5, verse 6, says, This is he that came by water and blood, Yeshua Messiah, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. So the Holy Spirit itself is the commandment 
in a spiritual way and also his instructions. Because what is the Holy Spirit supposed to do? In, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 31. I hope you're listening to this. This is a very important study. Don't take it lightly. Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Verse 31. God is putting these scriptures in my mind here to help you. Jeremiah 31, verse 32. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the master. I will put my Torah in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Okay, and in Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. States, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you or influence you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And so certainly the Holy Spirit is the truth. It is his instructions in a spiritual of way. All right? Is when you receive the spirit, it is of the truth, of his instructions, of his Torah. That's why it's called, that's why the spirit is his instructions. The Spirit helps you to obey his commandments. That's why it's called the comforter. Okay? So I hope you understand that. I hope I'm trying to explain it to you in, in a clear way, in a clear, in a, in a way that you can understand. All right? And remember now, according to the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, there are 41,000 different Christian denominations and organizations around the world with different beliefs and doctrines. And why? Yah, God told us in his word, there's one faith, Emuna. There's one master, one faith of belief, one baptism, or one immersion. That's in Ephesians 4, verse 5. And so why do we have all this? Because most people have the spirit of error in them, ladies and gentlemen. That's why. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and those who worship Yah must worship him in spirit and in truth. And in John 4, verse 22 to 24, tells us that. And in 1 Samuel 12, verse 24, is a very significant scripture here. And also Numbers 31, uh, Numbers 32, verse 11 and 12. First uh, Samuel chapter 12. First Samuel chapter 12. Verse 24. It says, only fear the master and serve him in truth. Not half truths, but in truth, with all your mind. For consider how great things he's done for you. So we have to serve him in truth, not in error. And so if there's anyone that's listening to me and you refuse to want to believe that a true believer must keep the Sabbath, then you're not a true believer. You're just playing games because Messiah kept the Sabbath. God keeps the Sabbath. And in Ephesians 5, verse 1, we said we must imitate God. We have to imitate God, ladies and gentlemen. God rests on the Sabbath. He, he rested on the Sabbath in Genesis chapter 2. That means we should also do that as well. And the Sabbath is not a Jewish thing. It's a man thing. It's what all of mankind should keep. Messiah said that in Matthew. Or in Mark, rather. Mark. So you've got to know your Bible. If you don't know your Bible, then the devil will be able to overcome you. Uh, Mark chapter 2. 
It says in verse 27, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. It's made for the Jews, for mankind it was made for. All right, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath because he created the Sabbath. So again, ladies and gentlemen, you should understand the Bible reveals there are two main spirits, spirit of truth, which is lacking. Very few people have the spirit of truth in them and the spirit of error, which is rampant all over the earth. So much so that the Bible reveals that the devil has his spirit in the atmosphere, influencing people. They are automatically tuned to that wavelength of the spirit of error. And most people, unfortunately, have that spirit of error working with them and certainly inside of them as well. And just like the character today that was on, on the call today, he certainly had the spirit of error in a great way in him, cursing and saying vulgar things like that. Please pray for that individual. Pray for that individual to repent. Help him to realize that the Jews aren't the devil and, and a lot of other, some other things he said that was not true. It was not true at all. But he was right about abortion and he was right about gays, but God loves gay people too, ladies and gentlemen, and he wants them to repent. And so it's just true. If, if any sin, if you harbor any sin, even after being told the truth and you continue to want to live that way of life, you're going to be tossed in the lake of fire. But we have no right to uh, judge anyone. None of us are qualified to judge anyone. No, no one knows every person's, uh, only God knows that, if we want to be totally honest with ourselves. We can get have a hunch, but having a hunch is not knowing, 100%. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was certainly an interesting program, <laughs> to say the least. Let me quote this, this other scripture, too, because there's people uh, in the Hebrew Roots movement and uh, maybe in other movements that believe that we can just, uh, we're, we're considered believers if we don't keep one of the commandments that we can easily keep, like the Sabbath. The Sabbath we should be able to keep, all right? Uh, well, let's go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 31. Numbers chapter 31. I'm sorry. I keep on getting it mixed up. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32, verse 11. Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. The master wants you to completely follow him. You're not completely following the master if you're keeping Sunday and eating pork and eating unclean meats and not wanting, to, not wanting to keep the holy days. All three of those commandments really has a great, uh, it has a great portion of you being separated because I know when I, eat, when I eat out with the world and I say I don't eat pork, they look at me like I'm, I'm crazy or something. You know? <laughs> so it, it does certainly set you apart. If you don't believe me, try keeping it. Stop eating pork. Stop doing, you know, uh, read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 14, and I think it's in uh, Leviticus chapter 11. That's, those are the two chapters that talks about the kind of food that we should not be eating, okay? The kind of meat that we should uh, that we should not eat and the kind of meat that we should eat, all right? God tells us that if we eat unclean meats, it defiles our bodies, and even scientists have figured that out. So Leviticus chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 14, and that law has not been done away with, ladies and gentlemen. God wants us to take care of our temples, our bodies, and certainly eating the right foods has a lot to do with that. Anyway, I'll, I'll give a Bible study about that in the future. But, you know, I, I just hope, ladies and gentlemen, that you understand. Let me go back to Numbers again. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32, beginning at verse 11. 
Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Jacob, because they have not wholly followed. So you have to wholly follow him, ladies and gentlemen. You can't partially follow God and expect to make it in this kingdom. Mele, that's what it means in Hebrew. Uh, A verb meaning to fill, to be full, to complete, to fulfill, to finish, to satisfy. That's what Yeshua meant when he came to fulfill the law, to complete, to, to show us how to keep the law completely. That's why he came, ladies and gentlemen. That's one of the reasons why he came. In Numbers 32, verse 12, is the scripture I want you to, to really focus on. Save Caleb, the son of Jupaneh, the Canaanites, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the masses. So only Caleb of that generation. And Joshua, they were the only two. Now, Caleb represents the tribe of Judah, the Jews, and Joshua represents Ephraim. He was a tribe of Ephraim. And please go to this website and then also get my book, as I explained in my book, uh, howgodcalls.com. Download that book by simply putting your email address in the email box there. And then also go to Britam, www.b, as in boy, R-I-T-A-M.org. The Jew there is, uh, he doesn't, he's not a believer in Yeshua. However, in Romans 3, verse 1 to 2, it says, or 1 to 3, it says that the Jews do have an advantage, even those who aren't believers. So, you know, be careful about what you read, but he certainly is teaching the truth about who the tribes are in days, okay? And so I want you to know that. I want you to understand that when it says of Israel, it's because it's talking about the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, uh, Canada. Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and those, of course, outside of those areas that simply believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. If you believe that he's your savior, uh, if you believe in the king of Israel, then you you get grafted into Israel, but you're not going to be completely, in God's eyes, Israel until you start to obey him spiritually. You can be Israel physically, but in Romans 9, plainly states, all Israel is not Israel. God ultimately wants a spiritual Israel that consists of the nation and also consists of the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel will rule the world, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't believe me that, believe that, let's look at Mark chapter 10. You got to know your Bible again. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 states, in uh, Mark chapter 10, Uh, he, he talks about what the uh, actually is in Matthew. I'm sorry, in Matthew he talks about what the uh, apostles will receive for following him. The disciples, they were disciples there. Thomasim or students at that time. I'm trying to find the scriptures in Matthew someplace here. Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 28. And Yeshua said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And so that's going to be the apostles' reward, but the twelve tribes of Israel are going to lead the world to righteousness, the future wonderful world tomorrow of peace that will happen, I believe, in this century. Because uh, it's beyond my human comprehension to see, it's, it's beyond my human comprehension to see, not to see the Messiah come in this century because we are really a mess right now. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, we should understand now what the spirit of truth is. And we have to understand that if we don't obey the commandments, we don't have the spirit of truth. We understand that most people don't have the spirit of truth in them because they don't know him because they don't keep his commandments. And so if you don't want to be one of those people, if you want to receive the benefits of the kingdom now, instead of waiting for Messiah to come back, then please listen to this message and study it and get my book, www.howgodcalls.com. If you, if you're around the world, anywhere around the world, you could um, listen to our, our studies that we have on Shabbat. Uh, you can listen to them. If, uh, if you have time zone issues and you can listen to this program, I'm going to always teach. Uh, I'm hoping to teach every week. I'm going to eventually I'm, I'm planning to get uh, several websites up to help you understand the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me. That's all I do. I preach out of the Bible. And so if you want to support this work, if you care about supporting um, true ministers of God, feel free to go to www.kenard. No, not documentary. That's my other website. www.mercifulservantsofgod.com. www.mercifulservants with an S at the end of God.com and click the yellow donate button. Uh, if you want to mail in a check or money order, uh, please make it out to Kennard Brown, K E N N A R D B R O W N, and call this number to get information. 1 800 941 8011. 1 800 941 8011. And also, you can use that number for to request any prayers, or if you want me to send you a cloth that I pray over and ask God to heal you miraculously. Um, we do have a healing ministry, and God has given me the gift of healing. And so, um, now, when I say that, that doesn't mean that every time I do this, people get healed instantly. But uh, I have a good track record of people being healed gradually, um, and it's according to your faith, of course. Anyway, that's another Bible study. But, I, yes, I, I have seen people be healed gradually through me laying on laying my hands on them. And also I've heard of people touching a, a cloth that I send them, just like the Apostle Paul did this. I mean, he he uh, sent cloths. I, I follow his example. And people were um, automatically healed. And so they were healed. And so uh, there has been instances, too. I can't lie to you. I don't lie. Uh, what people have, asked, have actually been healed. They have been healed by touching the, the cloth that I would send them in the mail. So if you, if you are sick and you, you have issues um, or you, you seek to be healed, here is in Acts 19. God just showed me this scripture to prove it to you. Acts 19, verse 11, and Yode Vahe wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, verse 12, so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. That, yeah, also that will happen too. Um, and all I do is pray to God and I touch it. It's a hundred percent cotton piece of cloth and I just send it to you. And, and for, for those that are in uh, my area in the Columbus, Ohio area, I can go out to your home and I can lay hands on you and ask God to heal you, but you have to have the faith and you have to have the, the desire to want to obey him fully for that to happen. So may y'all bless and keep you, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you understand the difference between the spirit of error 
and the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth consists of all of God's commandments and his instructions. And if you have the true spirit of God, you're not going to, uh, you gonna, you will have a desire to want to keep all his commandments. Every commandment you can keep, you will keep. That's when you know that you have the spirit working with you. And certainly uh, it will be inside of you if it's just working with you. But of course, if it's already in you, if you've been immersed, and in most cases, uh, God requests the norm is, is to be immersed in the water to receive the spirit. And once you're immersed, then you're, there are exceptions, but the general rule is that you have to repent of your sins. Number two, uh, you have to have a public immersion of people witnessing uh, that you are submerging your old way of life in the water. And when you rise up, you become a new person. And then uh, myself or someone else that's qualified would lay their hands on you and ask that the spirit be given to you. That's the way the apostles did it. And the apostles are part of the foundation of the, of the kahila or the assembly of the church. And so we need to follow their example because they followed Yeshua's example. And Yeshua gave us an example. He got immersed that way. Of course, there was no hands laid on him because he already had the spirit in him. But he got immersed. And he said, hey, I'm doing this because of righteousness sake. Because John said, hey, I need to be immersed with you. He said, no, let's do this. You know, I wanna, I'm, I'm the embodiment of a human being. He's, he's the epitome of a human being. He's the example of a human being, how a human being should act. And so he did it for righteousness sake. All right. The spirit of error is totally the opposite of the spirit of truth. The spirit of error has all kinds of errors, all kinds of false doctrines, all kinds of confusion. Anything that's, uh, uh, that's not that you don't understand, that's the spirit of error. That's the spirit of error. The spirit of truth guides you to even the deep things of God. The spirit of error does the total opposite. It confuses you more and more and more. It's the spirit of Babylon, the spirit of confusion, the spirit of fraud, the spirit of deception, the spirit of false miracles. That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. And let me give you some, some more information to understand what the spirit of error is because you need to understand this. You need to understand that this is very important to understand this because if you don't understand this, you can be deceived uh, easily. You can be deceived easily, ladies and gentlemen, and I know you don't want to be deceived at all. And, you know, in the Bible, when it talks about the, the wicked one, right, in Second Thessalonians, that wicked, right? Well, that wicked person, that wicked person has the, the spirit of error in him, has the spirit of error in him. And let's go to that scripture here. Before I end this today, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Verse three. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. You're talking about the day, um, that great day of, of, of tribulation, the great tribulation. Except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. Actually, talking about the return of the Messiah. So the return of the Messiah won't come before the anti-Messiah. And in verse 4 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called Yodevahe, or that is worship, so that he as Yodevahe sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So that's going to happen in the future. 
Verse 5, remember ye not when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Let me skip over to verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. So that word iniquity in the Greek means lawlessness or torlessness, all right? Torlessness. And what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the, the law, all right? And so the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way, verse 8. And then shall the wicked be revealed. Whom the master shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That word wicked is the same Greek word. Actually, it's a related Greek word. And it does mean lawlessness, too. It's related to it. All right. And so the anti-Messiah will have the spirit of air in him and he'll have all the power of the devil. And verse nine. And remember, this this. This uh, wicked spirit has been in operation since the first century. It was already working. It was already working in the first century. Verse Second Thessalonians two verse nine. Even him whose coming is after the working of Asatan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Verse ten, and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. And that's what it means that people are walking the way of death. Their way of life is going to lead them to death if they don't repent. Thank God that they will. Majority of them will in the future. And with all the feebleness unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so if you don't receive the love of the truth, it's not just receiving the truth, but loving it, wanting to do it. And he says that uh, you won't be saved. Verse 11, and for this cause shall God send them not just delusion, not just the spirit of error, but strong delusion from the spirit of error, that they should believe a lie. Verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in righteousness. So the truth is something that you must believe, and it must be something that you obey. All right? And so if you have any questions at all about what I talk on this program, please call 1-800-941-8011. Pass this, this very important teaching, the, the one about the spirit of error, and also the one about the spirit of truth to people who are concerned about what is the truth. Please share it. Use social media and, and spread this life-changing message to all who have a desire to want to be his bride, be his wife. And here's another scripture I'm going to end on, ladies and gentlemen. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. And this also proves that the majority of people don't have the spirit of truth in them. Luke 18, verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, or the time of his second coming, which is now, shall he find faith. And that Greek word for faith is pistis. And it means, objectively meaning that which is believed, doctrine to the received articles of the faith. Okay? And so this is talking about Adherence to the truth. So they find adherence to the truth on the earth. That's the question. And he's questioning that because I've proved to you scripturally that most people don't have the spirit of truth in them. And I would say very few people have the spirit of God working around them. Because you can't have the spirit of truth in you if you don't want to keep all of his commandments as we are commanded to do. As Yeshua did. So, may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available 
to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The best thing about the new $1 sausage and cheese muffin at Tim Hortons is the savory sausage. Ooh, and the cheese. Oh, and the toasty English muffin. Those are the three best things about it. Oh, and that it's prepared to order. You order one and they prepare it for you. That's the single best thing about it. And that it's a dollar. Grab a savory sausage and cheese English muffin breakfast sandwich at Tim Hortons right now for just a dollar. Great quality at a great value. It's all good at Tim Hortons. One dollar sausage and cheese English muffin sandwich. No substitutions. Limited time only. Participation varies. What if we told you you had a hole in your pocket and money was falling out? Well, if you shop at Giant Eagle and Market District but don't fill up at Get-Go, you kind of do. Because with the new Fuel Perks Plus, you earn perks at the pump that add to what you already earn in store. So you rack up tons of perks in no time at all. And you can use them to get up to 30 gallons of free gas or 20% off any grocery purchase. Now earn perks on gas and all your everyday purchases and put more money in your pocket. Download the new Giant Eagle app for an instant 50 cents off per gallon of gas. More perks, more places, more savings.